Welcome all you creatures of the night and late night prowlers. This is the latest podcast episode in gore and guts, slasher screams and squeals, and all the things which conjure up your nightmares. To be afraid is accepted, but it won't save you from the dangers that leer right over your shoulder and breathe down your neck. When the lights are out and the night is still, the beating of your heart will give away your hiding place. It will find you, and it will not be forgiving. This is It Records. <laughs> Look at me, Damien. It's all for you. That the power of Christ compels you. It's a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie. Don't you blame the movies. Movies don't create psychos. What's blood for? If not for shooting. I'm your number one fan. We all go a little mad sometimes. Welcome back, all you creatures of the night. We are so glad you are here to the It Records podcast. I am one of your three hosts, Matt Johnson. And we're joined with, as always, with our other hosts, Peter Hansen, Lindsay Clark. Guys, so happy you're here. I'm glad that we're all back here in our studio talking horror movies. It's been a long it's time. Really- it's really good to be back. I always feel like you're going to fire us one day when you introduce <laughs> us like that. I'm going to do it on in the episode. Yeah, you're just like, you're out of here. <laughs> I just like won't introduce you sort of a thing. Yeah. Like I'll just say, and I'm your host, Matt Johnson. You just sit there and we're just like, man, I can't wait for my turn. <laughs> <laughs> you know, everyone else will kind of just read between the lines. No, that'll never happen, guys. This is, uh, you know, this is... The it Records podcast, the my longest running podcast I've ever done. And in fact, I think I'll make a little spotlight here. This is right now we're recording in November. Give, give you a little behind the curtains. It's November when we're recording this. It'll be released in November, I'm sure. But uh, October, the last month, that marked the five year anniversary of It Records. We, we were released in October of 2016. So five years this podcast has been. Over the airwaves, people are listening, hopefully, you know, friends, families, some random people out there checking it out. And we were five you, years younger. That's true. That's true. We were recent and graduates also, at that point. Yeah, that's and true. Now, and now we're just people. <laughs> just I was going to call this a spite podcast. If you recall... The episode of Kirby Enthusiasm where he does a spite business reopens up a next door to the coffee shop. Because I also, you remember, I talked about this before about my other podcast I did before and I didn't like doing it so much anymore. And I was just like, I like Matt a lot. Let me do, let me do this podcast. So I could just consider now since then, I consider it a spite podcast that has gone on much longer than that podcast. <laughs> yeah. I, I think we've mentioned that where. I listened. I don't know if those did those air that original podcast. I know you did a few of them. Yeah, did they like I th- get launched on a, on something. Yeah, they were on SoundCloud. SoundCloud. Yeah, we did like twenty five episodes or something like that. And I don't know. I I was like kind of friends with the guy, and I just got fed up for. I don't even remember why. I think I was just like annoyed that he talked too much and didn't give like room for other people, mostly me, because I was the only other person. <laughs> to talk and that just really annoyed me 
creative differences. Yeah. Irreconcilable differences. I'm sure he's listening to this podcast right now and just be like, oh my god, I didn't know. He was waiting for the big (laughs) five-year episode. He's our only fan, and then now I I crushed it. (laughs) Oh, damn it, Pete. Yeah. Those listens are going to drop. Well, that, yeah, this podcast wouldn't have existed without, I guess, that one because you you asked me to be a part of it, at one, or at least like a guest. I was just a guest. Yeah. I didn't do anything else besides one episode I talked on. That's all I did. Yeah, it was like the best. It was like the best episode that I felt because like, it, it felt more even and like more fun. And I was like, hey, this is great. And then we did more episodes and I was like, no, I, I don't like doing it. <laughs> Head on over to. It records studios and Fright Night was recorded. Well, there was another one prior to that, which is in the vault somewhere. Maybe that'll come out later, but there's two Fright lost Night. episodes, Death Spa and then us like commentary on Night of the Living Dead that we never released. That is correct. I forgot about that. We did a like a live we watched it live and just we watched it together. Ourselves. Like we yeah, we were both made sure to start it this is before watch parties existed. Cause now you could do that, but we were like, okay, let's start it now. And then we're both just commenting on it <laughs> for like an hour and a half. Cause that's how long the movie is. Yeah. So yeah, I guess you're, you're right. There's two lost episodes that uh, might resurface in our, when we repolish um, some of our five year anniversary merch that we have lined up to, to be released. <laughs> Maybe that'll come out with it. Who knows? But guys, real quick, before we get into the movies, I have the movies. We did one movie for this week. I have a list here compiled. It's been five years. Do you have any idea total releases um, that we've ever done on the podcast, including full episodes, mini episodes, Halloween horrors, anything in between? How many complete episodes we have out there? Do you have a breakdown after this? Like, Do you know full episodes as well? I know full mini episodes. Halloween horrors. I love I got, it. I love this trivia. <laughs> I got um, them all. Yeah. I'm guessing 150 episodes. All together. All together. Yeah. Lindsay? Um, I was thinking a lot lower, like 85. Okay. Well, the total releases, so that includes everything, is 206. Yeah. We hit the thought. 200 mark. Oh. Now I, I will say. That. Um, it's the Halloween horror. The Halloween horror adds a lot. Oh, that, yeah, that's true. It's thirty. We, I've done it cons- pretty consistently for the past three years, and that's over ninety episodes. That's like, a lot of content, right there, in and of itself. <laughs> okay, I was not thinking all of that. Yes, that adds a lot to them. But full length episodes. I, do you want to take a, a guess? Uh, uh, that's like that's like seventy five. I want to say. I'm I was thinking the eighty five. So we got 75 and 85. You're both really close. Uh, not including this one. 81. So not oh. including the one I'm talking about right now. It's 81. So it's like the um, median of what we guessed. Good job. Full length episodes. That's really funny. So we're getting we're, we're getting up there to, uh, to 100 mini episodes. We've done 11 Halloween horrors in here. 109. And then we've done three horoscopes that I have in here. That was something of oh, five horoscopes. Sorry, five horoscopes. I did that for like two months, I feel like, and then I never went back to them. <laughs> I think I that those out. This is I don't even remember. Horoscope was like 
it was something that we had kind of come up with when, you know, we had, we usually did like once a week or like every other week we were doing episodes and we wanted to kind of like push off, like maybe we'll do monthly, um, something like that. So I said, well, in the meantime, just for content, I'll make like a little five to 10 minute video, um, every other week that's called horoscope, which is like an update in the horror industry. So like new movies, new trailers, something like that, that would come out. That's right. I thought you were like telling horoscopes or something with like a Halloween twist or something. I don't know. That would be beautiful. I still got to that's pretty much that's pretty much what uh i don't know i can't even think the name is now the thing that i'm supposed to do that i never do oh, oh the um, scary uh headline creepy, yeah, headline. creepy headlines yeah yes i i believe i've only done like five but those were oh, great true. five if you go back yeah i mean they were pretty consistent like the first couple episodes it was like a it was a staple it was a section of the podcast and they slowly, slowly faded out. I just got real lazy. <laughs> just yeah. I do think the last one that I can think of is Theater of Blood, but you might have done one after that because I was so that blown sounds... away when you had one in Theater of Blood. No, that's definitely it. I'm sure, okay. I'm sure that's it because I remember being like, so I'm like, I'm so ready to surprise him right now. <laughs> and he did, and it was great. And well, Lindsay, then you started here. I, I just pulled. I'm looking at the numbers. Misery was the first one, and that's. 63 total episodes so wasn't there at the start and on on mic have been there in spirit since we started on mic but you've been here now way more than pete and i ever were alone like that's we were on yeah. like 20 episodes alone 18 episodes alone maybe yeah i had to like beg her to like come and join us because <laughs> i was like i was like she's already helping us like do research and i was like why did you just like talk with us <laughs> yeah that was a scary prospect but i'm really glad that uh i agreed because five years later here we are it's been a good ride we did it and we're continuing on so thanks for guys I appreciate five. It. for yeah the minimum that we we did these in five-year increments yeah <laughs> so <laughs> we're we're our contract. yeah damn it sign we, a new contract. we like it so we gotta go another five <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> All right. Well, guys, now it's time for one of our favorite segments here on the podcast. What have you been watching, uh, horror or otherwise? Welcome to the show. It's time to find out what the terrible trio have been watching. Or who has been watching them? All right, you heard the demonic voice. What have we been watching? I'm going to throw to Lindsay first here because little te- uh, teaser in the movie we watched. There's a guy named Joshua Jackson in this movie. Are you a Dawson's Creek fan? Was that right or was I wrong with that one? Were you watching that at some point? I tried to be, but right. it okay. didn't really catch my attention past like the second or third episode of the first season. I am sure that things get better because that show ran for like seven or eight seasons or something like that. However, not for me, it's been tabled. Um, however, I, uh, found one tree hill instead, you know, one of the shows that got inspired. I forgot about that show. (laughs) And, uh, so I, um, found it on Hulu and I'm still in the first season because I'm pretty slow on watching these things, but, I'm really enjoying it. Um, and uh, in addition to that, I am an avid watcher of The Bachelorette. 
So I am keeping up with that. And uh, yeah, that's is that on right now, me. Bachelorette? It is. is that- um, it's currently on. I, however, am watching a season. I we got HBO Max out here finally. So there's been a few old seasons. Yes, I've been wanting to watch. Yeah, so I'm actually watching both right now because you know that's not a one season's not enough apparently. So I have to double up. Gotta binge it. I get it. Yep. That's what we're doing. We love watching and talking about shows. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, Pete, do you have, uh, maybe been a busy guy working over at Blumhouse and whatnot, but do you, have you been, uh, able to watch anything? Um, I haven't been watching as much stuff lately. Obviously I did like some horror movie watching for Halloween. Like I rewatched misery and, I watched Monkey Shines, uh, one of George A. Romero movies. It's not good. <laughs> but I wanted to watch it because it was George A. Romero. Um, I haven't been, uh, I've been like in an anime kick lately. The, the most recent one I watched, I didn't even really like. <laughs> like it was like short. It was like 26 episodes. I was like, I could get through that. And then it's kind of like, I don't know, it was a weird one. I was like kind of bored, but it like, but I had like good standout episodes. But I am watching also Flight of the Concords because I remember watching it very intermediately, like a long time ago. And then I was just like, you know what? I want to watch something funny. So I've been watching that every now and again. That's such a classic. It's a good job. Well, in in my world, I guess. Well, first before I do that. Pete, I think the last time we talked, though, you were watching Survivor. Did you get to finish them at least? I know it's been a while. So I'm like, obviously, uh, I didn't watch the most recent episode the, of the newest season of 41. Um, so I do have to rewatch seasons three through six still because those are the ones that I skipped. So like Courtney watched seasons one through six, the beginning of quarantine, and then Finally, I jumped on when she started season seven. I was like, you know what? I'm going to watch this with you. And we watched from season seven to 40. And then we went back. And then we went back to the beginning to rewatch them. She was like, I want want you to watch all of Survivor. So we watched the seasons one, two, and three. And then the new season finally started. So we stopped watching the old seasons to catch up with the new one. Okay. What is it? What season's on right now? 41. 41. Oh, it's 41. Okay. Yeah. It's 41. Okay. It's a show. A lot of episodes. Most, most episodes I've ever watched in a, for a show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. It's like, five, it's like 500 episodes. <laughs> well, speaking to your Flight of the Concords, I one of the shows I've been watching is What We Do in the Shadows, which is got Jermaine. It's, I need to watch that. I've seen a few episodes and I really like it, but I, shows- I love them. The show's great. Like I, I've seen the movie, which is like based off of you know and everything, which is great. I was worried about the show, but it's funny. It's very funny. It's. I mean, it's right got the guy movie. from uh, IT Crowd, who's hilarious. Oh, is it? I've never watched the IT Crowd. I know of it, but it's. I've never actually watched it. I can't remember his name, but he's like the bigger guy who's just like very silly. Is he? Um, he's one of the main people in. Uh, we in the shadows. Sure. I'm like sure in the is. show, you're saying in the show, in the show. show. Okay. 
I think his name is like his actor is like Matt something. Matthew Barry. He plays yes, Laszlo. yes, Matthew Barry. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. He's an he he comes into IT Crowd like second season. It's like the best entrance for a character. Okay, it's so oh. I. I I love it so much. <laughs> I've heard great things. So like, I, I know I think it was on Netflix at some point. I've got to watch it. I'm pretty um, sure it still is. I, gotta I always it. like rewatch that clip when I'm just like, you know what? I need to laugh. <laughs> it makes me <laughs> laugh every time. Well, good. That's another show then I can put on my list to watch along with what we do in the shadows. That's a TV show. Curb. I've been rewatching Curb. I know the new season started, but like I've been rewatching Love, from the beginning, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Curb Your Enthusiasm. I have got to get my Seinfeld in there somehow, so I'm watching Curb. Get Larry David fix. I'm starting to rewatch old episodes of Seinfeld because it's on Netflix. Even though yeah. I own the DVDs, sometimes it's easier to throw in the, the streaming service. I rewatched the dealership episode recently. I love that episode. It's a good one. Stop right there, I'll walk out of here. But other than that, movies-wise, I'll, 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 I'll keep it short. Uh, Halloween was recently. I watched a bunch of movies. Uh, Did you watch Master, Halloween Kills? The, what's that? Did you watch the new Halloween movie? I totally forgot to talk no, about this. No, I have not watched I Halloween it. Kills. I saw Be- it. Because, oh, don't tell me. Don't tell okay. me. Because I, I, I got to watch it still. I really got caught up in October watching horror movies, but I really I watched every single Friday the 13th. And the Crystal Lake Memories seven-hour documentary. Which is like, how many films? It's 12 movies, including Freddy vs. Jason. Did you watch the remake that you hate? Yeah, I included the remake. Yeah, and the remake, that includes 12. Mm-hmm. Watch the remake, which is really, that's like a combination of the first four Friday the 13th, the remake, with a little bit of its own spin, but it's really like the first four uh, Friday the 13th. But I'll keep that for other podcasts where we go over those movies. But that's what really preoccupied October for me with movies is those movies and then the seven hour documentary about that series. <laughs> it's crazy. I watched the four hour Nightmare on Elm Street documentary. I'll probably do that when I watch that series as well. <laughs> but guys, that's great. I'm glad you're here. Five years for watching stuff. But we watched one movie for today. <laughs> we watched one movie and this one came out in 1997. This is a slasher, meta-horror film, if you will, directed by Wes Craven. Scream 2. We had Scream 2. That's right. And the crowd, I mean, they're pumped about it. I talked to the audience. We did a poll. They're loving it. They really were happy that we're doing the Scream series. Look at that. Standing ovation in this empty theater. Yeah. They liked when we did Scream so much that they were ecstatic that we finally got to the sequel. They were throwing cabbages at us for not doing it before. It was getting bad, yeah. The studio was getting <laughs> full of cabbages. It stank. So we had to do it, essentially. But this movie, I'm sure you might be aware of it. Lindsay, though, this was your pick, correct, for, for this week? That's right. Yeah. Yes, that's right? Um, yeah, you know, um, kind of had our arms twisted, you know, by the fans. But, uh, you know, I made it work. And... Uh, I know it's crazy, like, as a longtime fan of Scream, as I say I am, um, I hadn't seen this sequel yet, so I figured it was time, and, uh, you know, like you said, it's a slasher through and through, but like its predecessor, of course, it has a mixture of other genres, um, including a whole lot of satire and an awareness 
about that. Um, and that's one of the reasons why I love these two so much. So it was time I felt. Awesome. Well, that's, that's cool. We'll get your like first takes on, on screen too. Have you seen like the other ones in the series so far? That's a spoiler. They're sequels, but have you just seen yes. Scream? So I got to catch up because, uh, you know, I think it's January, right? The new one? For uh, yeah. Scream 5. Yeah. So uh, I basically have one month each to catch up and get up to speed. There's also a TV show that I think you'd really like because it's kind of like, it's very MTV teeny, but it's also like kind of violent at the same time. Like I, I think the first two... Like 2016? Yeah, the, the first two seasons are very closely related to each other, and are, I think they're very good. Actually, good in my opinion. In the third season, they're just like, just totally new characters for mm-hmm. some reason. They like, I, they like wanted to take it in a different direction. And did it? Did they jump the shark when they did that? Yeah, but it still got enjoyable. But I, I, I missed. It made me miss because you, you have the other characters for the most part. You know, I'm not saying any more than that. Uh, in the two seasons, so you're able to connect with them more than a bunch of randos. And where would I find this? That's a good question. Great question. It was <laughs> on Netflix for a long time, but it was, MTV did it, so I don't know if they could watch stuff on their website or anything. But Might be on Paramount Plus now or something. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So there's going to be five movies, and then there was like three seasons of that show yeah. that came out, like between four. Movies four and five, but they're not related, right, Pete? I don't really remember them no. being related, like Sydney at all, or anything like that. No, they're not at all. There's like okay. a, it's a totally different town. Mm-hmm. That's right. Okay, which it's so crazy. I know we can get into this movie, but like the first three of this series, if you're not aware of, were like back to back. You can kind of get into that. Where this one came out in 1997, uh, following the success of Scream One, which came out in 1996, and it was literally less than i mean almost a year to the date that scream one came out then scream two came out the next year i didn't really make that click until i didn't i didn't know that at all yeah it was like the success of the first it was i mean it was technically less than a year so yeah they came yeah, that's, out that's yeah, they, were. Crazy. they like wrote it and like shit we gotta fucking do this now. yeah they had to move fast on that one yeah and then, you know, Scream 3 was pretty quickly after that. But there was like an 11-year gap between the fourth one and then another 11-year gap between this <laughs> fifth one that's coming out. So we'll see how that transpires. But Yeah, I think weren't we in college when the fourth one came out? It was April of 2011. Yes, we were uh, in freshman. Well, just freshly into college. Yeah, I remember being super stoked for that one because I rented the three movies from Redbird Film and, oh, what was it? Redbird Video? Oh, sorry, Movie Fan. Rented them from Movie Fan. R.I.P. R.I.P. Yeah, but that's where I rented those the three from, and I went and saw it. I'd always chat with that guy, and then I'd always rent one movie for one night because it's a dollar. Yeah, you cannot beat that. And I would that's go the back the next day and do the same thing. <laughs> I did that? I did that like almost every weekend when I was around. I like would watch two movies in a weekend because I was like spending a dollar. Where I rented Scream 2, which is what we're doing today. Scream 2, it takes place two years after the first movie, uh, Scream in 1996, still following Sidney Prescott, played by Neff Campbell, as she acclimates now to her college life. She was in high school in the first one. But now someone is donning the ghost face mask again, 
and there's a whole new string of killings at Windsor College, which I think is in Ohio, could be in California. I wasn't really sure, but she's in college now, uh, and that's where this one takes off. I almost find I like the college setting even more than the high school setting, and that's just kind of a general thing for uh, TV shows and movies that we watch for some reason. I don't know why. I don't know if it's more... I wonder why that is. I, that was like one of the questions. Is that, that means high school to college. I wonder, are you saying in general or just this movie, like other TV shows you like the college, like, like Women's World, for instance? Always. Okay, always. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder why. Well, more adult that can do cool things in your high school. Probably. Yeah, probably because college is so much cooler than high school in like it is. real life. So that probably has something to do with it. They might feel like they can get in more adult situations where high school is like, the prom's coming up. Or, yeah. I got my license. Or it's like, that's kind of cool, but yeah, I can't relate to that like, anymore. Like, <laughs> but like, grow up. <laughs> Stupid kid. Yeah. <laughs> Teenagers. <sighs> okay. Yeah. In college, and one thing I wanted to kind of ask about in general, now that you've seen one and two, um, this cast of characters that are, are set up. Um, did you find yourself preferring one set of characters from the first movie or the second movie as a whole? Um, mm. This group that they put around Sydney. Well, I've always had an affinity for Randy. Um, I always had an affinity for Dewey. I do not care for Gail Weathers. Um, but uh, she, you know, she's. I really like Jerry O'Connell. Um, so I was like pleasantly surprised to see him this. Mm-hmm. I knew it. You're a stand-by-me yep. person, right? You don't hey, feel like that's that That's exactly it. Yeah. That is exactly it. And, you know, I like Sarah Michelle Gellar, too. Um, so I I almost want to say I prefer, like, this cast of characters even more alongside some of our favorites from the... It's hard to yeah. replace Matthew Willard, though. He is a treasure. That is true. And he nailed that role. As yeah, did I, Skeet Ulrich. Skeet. It's a great name, Skeet Ulrich. What a name! That's so good. But yeah, I I'd agree. I like I love Matthew Lillard in that first one, but I think like this cast of characters, even the actors, like Timothy Oliphant is in this one. Uh, what's her? Um, so weird. Who plays? Oh, Laurie Metcalf. Thank you. You knew exactly who I was talking about, Laurie Metcalf from Roseanne. <laughs> yes, from Roseanne. <laughs> Mich- Sarah Michelle Gellar, like you said, Rebecca uh, Gerhardt, who was in Urban Legend. Joshua Jackson makes mm. an appearance. There's a lot of different good actors, but I thought I kind of even like these characters more. Like, like I feel like maybe there's just more. There was more people. There's involved. definitely more. Like, yeah. Cotton Weary gets more of a role in this one too, uh, as Leave Schreiber. Yeah, he's barely in. The, he's barely in the first one. Yeah, so he gets his 15 minutes more than. Or what do you want to be on Barbara Walters? That's what it was. You want to be on? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Barbara Walters. Wanted to get his redemption. He's kind of creepy in this movie a little bit when he's just like really like yes. Uh, intense with Sydney. He's just like, you know, I obviously it was done to make him look suspicious, but still creepy. <laughs> yeah, they definitely do. I, I think, especially in that library scene where he like comes up off the staircase and is like pressuring her before he gets arrested. He comes up and he has a lot of scenes like that, but I think this movie does a very good job, maybe even more so than like the second one, or this is the second one, the first one of like, creating potential suspects because there's there is more characters for sure but i think they do a good enough job of like making Derek, which is sydney prescott's boyfriend played by jerry o'connell seem like the killer again um 
you know, Mickey, the, the film school student, even Randy, uh, they, he, there's that whole scene where he's like, well, let's, let's not say Mickey, because that implies that I could be a suspect too. And Dewey's like, well, you could be like, let's not rule that out. And it just leaves a lot of, I think, red herrings for people that it could be better than the first one in, in that instance, like who, who done it. Isn't it true? That, sorry if this is stealing your thunder here, Lindsay, because this is probably trivia related. But I was, I uh, thought that people found out the ending of Scream Two somehow, and they like changed it, or like they had like three endings that they like filmed so they couldn't like people can figure out which one was real. Yeah, yeah. that is. Uh, I found that to be true. We can expand on it later, but yeah. I, I didn't think that was going to be a problem back in 1997, you know, because we were like five when that happened. But uh, the internet, that was the internet interesting. is just a powerful beast. Yeah, it was just the beginning. Yeah, I heard like that, you know, part of that leak was like one of the first times that kind of happened, like with the internet, I guess, that like a script was leaked on the internet. Because I mean, it, it would have been sort of like the beginning of, you know, people getting on chats and stuff and having web pages that someone could just leak it somewhere when the first big Hollywood releases, which is crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's even crazier than it happened like a, less than a year after the first one. So like who knows if it was the right script or if it was like one that Kevin Williamson wrote down on a napkin. Cause I feel like he had to write that script so quick uh, to get this movie, you know, out there within. How unless much money do you think he got to get to write that script? Yeah, unless he a had million, it, like planned. a million dollars. What's that? Do you think they gave him a million dollars to write that script? Maybe I think I know the budget was like twenty-four million or something like that. Maybe a million went to Kevin Williamson. I know. I mean, maybe he, maybe maybe he's not big enough for that. But like, I feel like some of these big scripts that were like back in the day, they would give them so much fucking money. So like, well, he might be right because, out. like, I think. If Dawson's Creek was it out at this time, because that's him, right? Kevin Williamson wrote that, and then he wrote Scream, which was huge. And then 1997 will be this movie, but then also, I believe, 97 is I Know What You Did Last Summer, which is him as well. He's kind of the hot commodity. You might be right that he got quite a bit of money. Man, he must have been doing yeah. a lot of cocaine. That's a lot of cocaine to, <laughs> to do all that. That was uh, definitely had to be his heyday. So, you know. Yeah. It would make some sense. That's like fucking Michael J. Fox shit when he was like filming, was it Family Ties that he was in during the day and then fucking going back to the future at night and did that for months. Mm. It's like, yeah. It's, that's, that's insane. <laughs> well, like for this, I mean, that correlates to this movie where Nev Campbell Nev was on Campbell. Party of Five. And like, uh, I forgot she was on Party of Five. I, I think Buffy's out at this time, right? Is Buffy out at 97? Oh, yeah, for Sarah Michelle Gellar, it might be a, it might be at least first season of Buffy. Yeah, and then Roseanne's out. I mean, there's we got people on TV shows all over the place in this movie. Everybody's just burning the candle at both ends. Yeah, and Kevin Williamson's just writing all the scripts for these people. Yeah, Buffy started in '97, so she probably go. was like, probably when Scream Two wrapped is when. She started Buffy. Interesting. Well, then also, I know you did last summer is 97. So she's like filming. Oh my God, she had a busy fucking year. For that as well. Yeah. Which quick, quick poll. Oh, wait, no, I can't do this. I'll do this at the end of the podcast because 
for Defender Destroy. I want to know Lindsay's thoughts on Scream Tubers. I know you did last summer because I, I think she's a fan of I know you did last summer. I think because she's also a Freddie Prince Jr. head, right? Aren't you in that, That's right. that fan club? That's right. That's 100% accurate. I was just thinking. <laughs> I was like, I really right. miss the days where like Freddie Prince Jr. and Sarah Michelle Geller were the it couple. Can we like just go back to that, please? They still was, are, Lindsay. Yeah, they still <laughs> are the it couple. Okay, in our hearts. <laughs> That's right. I, I think it's really cool we do together, three. you know? Raising their kids. Yeah. Yeah, you know? Yeah. Sometimes she does commercials now, like that one Super Bowl commercial a few years ago. That's about oh, it. Oh, yeah. That's all I see them in anymore, which is fine. They, yeah. Yeah, that They was were popular. One. It was like the month, it was like the dishwasher like things, right? I think I can't remember exactly what the product was, but I was like, that's Sarah Michelle Geller. Uh, and then I was just mesmerized and I didn't care what the product was. <laughs> I don't know why I just thought of this, but have you seen that Freddie Prince Jr. Uh, complained that working with Kiefer Sutherland was a horrible experience? Yeah. Because he, he was on 24 with him and he was just like, Kiefer Sutherland's a fucking asshole. And he's like, you could quote me on that too because I would tell that to his face. <laughs> no, I didn't I, I hear that. I think he was like really intense and like about, uh, I don't know. I can see everything, that. I, but I like yeah. Peter Sutherland in a few things, but I could totally see that out of him. Like he definitely does not seem like a chill person. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I'll have to check bad. out that interview. But I'm going to take Freddie Prince Jr.'s side over Keith or Sutherland. Yeah. So uh, for sure, it must 100%. be true. Yeah, because I can't see like Freddie Prince Jr. like starting drama on purpose. Yeah, so I feel like he seems... never like talks like in the public ever. Yeah, yeah. It's like, like he's he says something that's probably true. And I bet you he didn't even, like, go out there saying that. Like, somebody was probably asking questions, prodding him. And then, like, he just exploded. Yeah, yeah they brought it up. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, how was it working on 24? He's like, fucking awful. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for bringing it up. I've been holding this in forever. <laughs> okay, so with Scream here, we get Sarah Michelle Gellar. We don't get Freddie Prince, unfortunately. Uh, we don't get him in this one. But, you know, one of the main things with Scream that you got was like it was super uh, referential, you know, of other horror movies. It was like meta. It was they had all the rules, right? They had the rules. Uh, that's that's Randy's thing. You know, that's how you survive a horror movie. And with this one, the tropes were with a sequel. The body count's got to be higher. The kills have to be like more like more brutal or bloodier Car- carnage candy. I think is what Randy says. That sounds right. Carnage candy. And then he was going to say a third one and got cut off by Dewey where he's like, and also if you ever, ever want to survive a sequel and make it to the next one. And then Dewey cuts him off. Oh. I don't know what he was going to say after that. That was intentional. But of course. RIP Randy. Yeah, This is one of the, this is, I, I love him. I'm kind of bummed that they killed him off in this one. Yeah. I feel like they could have let him live at at least one more. I think with this is I like it and I don't because I don't like it because they went on to make three and four and they're making five and spoilers. If you haven't seen these, Oh wait, Lindsay, you haven't, right? But you, you know, cause you know, the cast, you know, Nev Campbell's there. You know Nev Campbell's in yeah. Scream 5 and stuff. Yeah, you can know like yeah. Nev and Courtney Cox and David Arquette are kind of like the core and they make it. So it's always like 
they're moving on to the next movie where Randy could have easily been a part of that. Cause I think Randy brings a lot of humor to the movie. He's like that meta aspect of like other horror movies brings that levity to it. And I, I just think that they might not have really thought they were going to have a trilogy or a fourth because the, the third one comes out three years later. And so they might've just thought, Hey, this is it. And it p- packs a punch of someone they really care about dies, which is why I like it, where it's like anybody can die. Anybody's a suspect. So that kind of makes it a little more suspenseful. But now that this series has continued, I think I would have loved to see Randy around. Yeah, you kind of you do really lose that comedic element. Like it's like the other ones are still funny, but that's because they add like funny actors to kind of fill the role. But they're, they're kind of disposed of very quickly as well. So it's just kind of like there's no main comedic voice. Yeah, I, I guess you could have kept all of them, but I, I would have even liked. This is speaking of the whole series, like just Nev and uh, Jamie Kennedy or Randy and Sydney. Like I know now we have really it's Gail Weathers, Dewey, and Sydney that kind of like are in all three and are the connection to the Woodsboro massacre. But I think it would have been interesting if it would have just been Randy and and Sydney. And Gail's cool and all, but. I think I would have liked Randy because they seem like really close, Randy and, and Sydney, like especially in this one, like from the first one. Like, remember what happened? And yada, yada, yada. this seemed like I like that connection. Yeah, it's because they both were more victims, where like Sid, um, Gail was like kind of more like, I don't know, she wasn't really like a, Yeah, she was just trying yes. to like get a story, and Dewey was there as like a protector because he was like trying to save his sister that and his sister's friend. Right. Mm-hmm. And Randy's Take- just a more lovable character. You know, it's sad to see him go. Definitely. R.I.P. Randy, we'll see his face again shortly. I mean, it's a little cameo, but he's uh, R.I.P. Randy. Which his sister Tatum passes away in the first one, which is originally going to be Rebecca Gerhardt, who is in this one as one of the sorority sisters with Portia and is an urban legend. So she's all over the place in the horror genre or in these little, not another screen movie era of the nineties. There are a lot of copycats. Yeah, it was big. It was big into the late nineties, early two thousands. But again, yeah, the whole thing of it being meta, a lot of references. I'm sure you guys picked up on a bunch where the first one I thought was more like meta towards like slashers and like Halloween specifically. And like those types, like nightmare on Elm street, maybe was referenced a lot. This one I felt like was trying to be more, Referential to like splatter movies of the eighties, um, with like its references and some of the plots that are the re- yeah references and Do you scenarios that were presented. The colony? I don't I don't remember that. Which one? It's been a while. It's it. Full disclosure: I probably haven't watched this movie in seven weeks since <laughs> we have not recorded in a very long time. <laughs> and you were saying. What was your question that you don't remember or something? Or you were saying that they, they reference a lot of splatter films from the eighties, and I was just saying if you just remembered one off the top of your head. I made a yes. list. Um, yeah. Like I just feel like it's definitely in that college setting, and Randy, when he's like on the phone with Ghostface, does reference some explicitly when he's like, Oh, you're just trying to remake this. And he, he graduation um, day, yeah. Splatter University, final exam, dorm that drip blood, house of sorority row. The way he was killed in the van is like a direct reference to the Slumber Party Massacre. I think is the name of that one. 
the way he's pulled in the van, it's like the same shot. And I don't even remember that. <laughs> so, and I just like, so that death is like a direct reference to that movie. And it's like splatters of the eighties, even though this one doesn't really have that much more blood, I would say compared to the first one. Um, like in terms of like the more, sequel being more gory, I don't think this one was just more people dying, but not, I think the kills seem bloodier in the first one. Especially, Especially like Drew Barrymore's. Yeah, it's that one for sure comes to mind. And then I feel like just the final fight, there's just like a lot of like knife fighting with the, you know, like Matthew Lillard's characters bleeding, Billy oh, yeah. Lewis's characters bleeding. He's got that like cashmere sweater on, so it's like very prominent. Like Yeah, it's very prominent. Blood. And Skeet or Billy has got like a white tee on, so it looks like really, again, prominent that they're like, <clears throat> white on red or red on white whichever way you see it there's a bunch of other ones i don't want to waste too much time on, on the references but i found it interesting um like that opening scene we could talk about that which is you know the opening scene in the first one was drew barrymore and this one is omar epps and jada pinkett smith um that's true in a movie theater watching stab which is a movie about what happened in screen so it's meta within itself. And I didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah, they they seemed that theater seemed a little too rowdy for like Such it was only two years after that actually happened, and they were like really going about like stabbing and wearing these masks in the crowd. Honestly, uh, seems like a fun you know if you're into that kind of like fun experience at a movie theater seems like a good time. You know, I think that was like a reference to what was it like William Castle movies in the fifties, like House on Haunted Hill. Just did that for Halloween horror. Like what he did when they when he premiered his movies was like a bunch of gimmicks. Like he had the skeleton come down on the string and everything and he'd hand out stuff at the movies. Like they were trying to harken back to that with this movie. But there's a lot of other ones like I wrote them down here. Demons, which is a Dario Argento movie. Uh, Messiah Evil, Anguish, uh, He Knows You're Alone. Those are all Tom Hanks is in that one. And Popcorn are all movies that are like take place at a movie theater like that. So they're set up like that where there's a killer in the movie theater that's taking off residence. Uh, I think it's Messiah Evil where a girl gets killed up on stage, kind of like Jada Pinkett Smith. There's like five movies that are directly referenced in like the setup in Screen 2 that are movie theater-esque references. I've never seen Demons. Yeah. But I want to see it now. Dario Argento. I got it. He didn't he didn't direct them, but he produced them. I have both of them. They are very entertaining. But Demons, slight reference in that opening scene. Where you get the death of Omar Epps and then Jada Pinkett Smith. So right off the bat the death count is two and Ghostface is back. Um yeah, which then ties into the plot later. They're like it was meant to be like a copycat killer because his name was something Maureen, right? Or her last name was Maureen. I have it in here somewhere, their names. But it was a reference to... Yeah, no, I think her first name was. Okay. Maureen, yeah. And... A reference to uh, Sydney's mom, right? Yes, exactly. And it's supposed to be like a copycat killer because Phil Stevens was his name. And I think Steven was the boyfriend of uh, Casey Becker in the first one who we see get killed. And then Cece Cooper, which is Sarah Michelle Gellar, is supposed to be Casey Becker, who was played by Drew Barrymore in the first one. So they believe there's a copycat killer 
and that's like the main setup, I guess, for this movie is so who's next. But I believe Randy was the next death in the movie, which then, you know, completely sends the movie on a, it's a curveball, like a right turn somewhere, because then, then it becomes not even like a copycat thing anymore. It's just a free for all. Yeah, so, I kind of like the, uh, the copycat thing. I think it would have been better if they stuck with that. Yeah, so Gail is kind of the worst, but she's the one who figures out that um, they're dealing with a copycat going after people with the same names as the original victims. But so by those face killing Randy, that that was just like you said, like kind of veering off in a new direction. Then, right? Or am I missing that's, something? That's how I. T- no, 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 definitely. That's like how I took it because up until that point, they were like, okay. you know, attaching these names to people who kind of, I guess, looked like or had the same names as people who were dying in the order of how they died in the first one. Um, but yeah, then Randy didn't die. And then after that, I think the next deaths are like those two police officers or detectives that are protecting Sydney. Oh, yeah. Which are not at all, you know, that's not okay. relation to the first one. And then um, eventually Derek will get killed, which is uh Sydney's boyfriend yeah. um and he's not the killer so it's a little different um but i i guess the question yeah i posed to you is Pete you said you like you liked that it was a copycat and it kind of takes a right turn would you have appreciated more and this is for both of you would you appreciate more if it was completely copycat or like you did like that it kind of veered into now it's into new territory i think copycat just because I think it feels more of its own thing. Like I know, you know, copycat is not really um, original, but like I, I, I see it as being original because a screen movie hasn't done that in full. Like this is the only one that really plays with that for a little bit. And then they drop it. I would say I kind of like the veering off because I feel like once you kind of feel like you know what to expect, like, oh, okay, they're going after these people, um, you know, and then it kind of goes off, you know, and diverts from what you think is going to happen. So it tries to keep you guessing. That's true. Yeah, I guess it might have lost because at some point, I guess you're going to start to, it might become too predictable and they know who they're going to go after. But That's a fair statement. But I guess because you, you would then suspect that Billy or Derek is the killer. I guess you'd be like, well, if it's a 100% right. copycat, really, Derek has to be the killer. Right. And that's what they really wanted you to think. Yeah. Yeah, they pushed they pushed that hard. So we obviously knew, okay, it's not Derek. Right. Well, I guess, you know, we can kind of get into the ending. We don't have to talk about all the multiple endings if that's in trivia and, and so forth. But we do learn that the at the end, the killer here is the reporter Debbie, who turns out to be Debbie Loomis, uh, played by Lori Metcalf, which is Billy's uh, mother. Like estranged mother. Yes. Very Friday the 13th vibes, uh, like the whole, the first one. And uh, Mickey, her and Mickey, I guess, coordinated, who is Timothy Oliphant, who I always get messed up with, uh, what's his name, Josh Dumas, the other uh, actor. I always mix them up for some reason. The one who's married to Fergie or was. Uh, How do you get them mixed up? I, I don't understand that. I get them mixed up all the time. <laughs> I don't know why. Or It's more like I can tell them visually different, but like when I have to say their name, I'm like, it, it, 
I know it's not a Dermot Mulroney. <laughs> what's that one? Dermot Mulroney, uh, Dylan McDermott scenario. <laughs> but I mean, it, that's the same person. <laughs> yeah, I can't even say. I those see no difference. Right. <laughs> but I always mess them up. But nonetheless, it's Timothy Oliphant in this movie, and he plays Mickey, who is working with Debbie Loomis, and he's. I would honestly see him as kind of like the Randy character in this movie. Even though you do have Randy, he's also a film student who is in that, that class with Randy talking about movies, is in love with movies and stuff. Um, but he ends up wanting to, his uh, whole reasoning, right, was because he wanted to plead the, ins- the insanity defense and that the movies made him do it. Is that right? That was his whole reasoning for this movie? I mean, isn't that pretty much like what the first guys kind of said too? I mean, not this. They said that like, oh, the we were just influenced by these bad movies. Yeah, I'm I think to it think. was that. Plus, like Billy Loomis's mom like offered to like pay his tuition too. That's right. That's right. I forgot about so that. So that's pretty messed up. And then, I mean, in that. Oh, sorry, people were gonna say something. Yeah. Um. How do you feel about Laurie Metcalf being the killer? Like, I like I like that as a surprise, but I also feel like it's kind of cheap because it's almost like you can't really guess it. You know, it's just like it's like I don't know. It just it feels a little cheap to me. It's like you're withholding this information on purpose. I don't know. It just kind of bothers me a little bit. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying, where they're withholding it, like you didn't know she was Debbie Loomis, like, and so Billy was her, her son. And, you know, that, that'll happen in movies. Like, you didn't really know that Skeet or Billy Loomis in the first one, like, his mom was having the affair, or no, was it uh, Sydney's mom was his, having the affair his, with his her dad? dad. Yeah, yeah, with his dad, yeah. And so that's why he was really, he killed Maureen, which is Sydney's mom, and, and was coming for Sydney. You don't really know that. I mean, you get little tidbits of, like, you know, they thought Maureen was with Cotton. So she was she was having an affair with somebody and Cotton killed her. So I think they do a better job of like, you know, that's an inciting incident. With this one, I don't think they do that as well of like why. Like, I don't think Billy's brought up enough. I don't think like she's brought up in the context of Woodsboro enough to like make it seem like, oh, she's Debbie Loomis. I think she is in it enough that she could be a suspect, but not enough that she has an attachment to Woodsboro that when she does reveal it, I get what you're saying. It might seem a little abrupt yeah that's pretty much what i'm saying that it it i wish they would have sprinkled in more clues because it just feels like oh we gotcha it's it's a mom of billy lewis all along <laughs> yeah i could have seen that like she was the killer but not that she was the mom like that makes sense like yeah she was at the scene always because she was the reporter and so forth but not that she was the mom well, there was that hint, guys, in the in the movie theater at the beginning. If you listen with subtitles on, <laughs> when Omar Epps gets killed in the stall, uh, if you're did you do you hear what Ghostface, who's saying, is like, what is the wording? He says uh, something about mommy. Like, I didn't mean to do it, mommy, or I'll show you how I did it, mommy. And it's like a reference to a mom is right there, uh, and that's like a direct huh. Jason Voorhees reference where. The mom is saying, is like saying, killer, um, mommy, killer. But it's like her, the mom, uh, Mrs. Voorhees, like insane, okay. talking like Jason, which is like a, but you got to have subtitles on. I could not understand it 
just watching the movie. I did not hear anything. I definitely, I definitely had subtitles on when I watched it, but uh, just, it's just been a while. Yeah. But I probably wouldn't have caught it either because that that's a that's a very quick tidbit. Yeah. And I kind of thought Mickey, I don't know if you guys thought he might have been a suspect at all. Did you suspect him as being part of it? There were some things that they pushed really hard that did make him look very suspicious. But like, you know, I'm pretty sure when I watched it, I'm like, no, that's too obvious. That's like why they, they would just not do that again. The only reason, and I know there's probably multiple scripts, we can get into that with trivia here, but I, um, the only reason now watching back on it several times, when they first kill, when the first person's killed, I think it's uh, Cece on campus, Cece, which is Sarah Michelle Geller. He's like super riveted. They're like, yeah, they said they stabbed her seven times or something. And they like cut him off from like describing it, which was like the dead giveaway for Matthew Lillard in the first one when they're all sitting at that fountain and they're like, yeah, I yeah. heard they cut her from, you got to, she was gutted. Well, how do you do that? He's like, well, you cut him from here to here. Yeah. And they cut him off because it was like too descriptive. And I was like, oh, maybe that was like their tell is, you know, he's a killer because that's what Matthew Lillard said in the first one. Um, something similar. Good catch. And he has those crazy eyes from time to time. <laughs> <laughs> gotta start calling you, uh, gotta give you a nickname for noticing all these references. Mm -hmm. Just call me Randy Meeks. Yeah. Yes, that is, uh, <laughs> that's accurate. Well, I know we've talked about the movie. I think we can kind of roll into trivia because I think that will get us into, I believe, like some of the other the leaked leak scripts. I think that'll come up. <laughs> yes. Yes, that is quite a big topic when you are looking for trivia on Scream 2, let me tell you. So, yes, we're back at it again with some trivia. Um, you know, and what I do like about when we do these, like, more mainstream type of movies is how easy it is. Sorry, they, they love trivia. Hold the applause. <laughs> um, how easy it is to find trivia on these movies. So um, that's a lot of fun. So, like we kind of touched on earlier, um, 1997, who would have thought, you know, this film had a leak online, like a full-on leak involving the killer's identity and a lot of the plot. So obviously quickly pages were rewritten frequently, like a lot. And a lot of the times it was like the day the scene was to be shot. Um, so yeah, that was news to me. I had known that. Um, so on that note, I sort of love it when the actors themselves don't even know what's going on or what's going to happen. Now, normally I would say, oh, that's probably because, you know, they do that to elicit more fear and better acting, kind of like how they did with Drew Barrymore in the first movie. Um, she never saw the face of, like, who she was speaking with on the phone. Um, and, uh, but we know now, as we've touched on, um, this was mostly done to avoid further internet leaks. Actors weren't given the last pages of the script up until a few weeks beforehand, and the killer's identity wasn't given to them until the day they shot the scene and only to the actors in that scene. Um, like I said, like, thinking back to 1997, like, I wouldn't have think, thought that this would be a problem. Um, but also, like we said, this was the first movie um, that was significantly affected by internet leak, according to Wikipedia. But then, in 2017, Kellen Williamson tried to tell us that the script that got leaked on the internet was a dummy draft and that it was created specifically for this situation um, and said that, like, three were written for this purpose. And, you know, 
We believe you. It sounds a little suspicious to me. Like it, it, it's like it's. I don't think you would have had that forethought. Like exactly, especially with like I don't know. It just sounds fishy. And to unrelated but kind of related is that with Star Wars in Empire Strikes Back, the second one ever made, uh, George Lucas told uh, Mark Hamill that like that Darth Vader was his father. And he's just like, he's like, you, me, and the camera guy are the only ones that know this. And he's like, if and if I if if anyone finds out, I know it's you. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good way. Uh, yeah. To keep things close to the chest, I suppose. But yeah, yeah I, I thought it was kind of just like him trying to backtrack somehow. Twenty years later, like you know, it's fine. Everything worked out. You know, I don't know. Yeah, I think to that point, like after it was leaked, they like started to didn't they like really crack down on like giving scripts to the the cast like before shooting and like change the paper of the of the yeah. scripts that it was like gray paper. It seems like you didn't think that far ahead. If like after this happened, you did like if it was a dummy script, you should have just said it was a dummy script and like oh whatever you leaked mm-hmm. isn't the real movie. Like apparently no, no now need to worry like- except. Technology. Sorry, finish your thought. What's that? So what I was gonna say is like, so I've been listening to a podcast lately, and they and the it's called um, Blank Check, and they talk about movies, like directors' filmographies, and one of the hosts talked about how now they're they like these scripts are made out like special paper that like you your phone literally won't let you photograph it, (laughs) and I'm just like, I'm just like. That's insane. Like it is like you, you like you could try to take a picture in the phone. Like this won't let you because it's just the phone rejects it. I'm just like didn't know that kind of technology existed. That is next level stuff. Yeah, I thought that was crazy. Also, that movies don't get leaked. <laughs> they do some crazy stuff. Like I know, like J.J. Abrams does like crazy precautions too, and. Because there's so much stuff just leaks online. It's yeah, yeah. I mean, we've come a long way since 1997. That's a bigger problem now than it ever would have been back then. You would think. Yeah, and like, who really wants to? And I don't know. For I can't speak for everybody. If you're like a real fan of the the series or something, like nobody wants to have it spoiled beforehand. I feel like I want to. I want to watch it and learn about it. Or I don't want, I mean, I guess maybe some people just want to know immediately and don't care of like the actual experience of watching it. So they just want to know like how the canon continues. I know, like, like I agree with you how you feel, but I know like Courtney, for example, actually likes to know the ending beforehand. Just, she's just like that. She does that for books. She does it. She looks it up for movies. Like she doesn't like, I guess she just doesn't like to be surprised. I think it kind of plays, you know, she, she wants to know. Yeah. Uh, and she likes, she likes the process along the way, but like, I don't know. I like to be generally surprised by it. So that's how I feel. And to experience it kind of live where, you know, obviously I don't like want things spoiled for me for the most part. Cause, uh, interesting. But yeah, she would want I things think, spoiled like technically, cause she would want, she would yes, know the ending, yeah. which yeah. is, yeah. 
It's just That's like how, what gets how, she, she, how she operates. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah. See, I like the journey. I like the exactly. a, a to Z. Well, and speaking of that, before we kind of round it out, like there was the multiple scripts, but the one that was leaked, right, that had the killers being, I believe, Derek, which was her boyfriend, Jerry O'Connell, and then Haley, which was her like roommate. Yes. Is that right? One of the original? Which is interesting. I don't know what the motive would have been. I guess if it would have worked with that copycat killer type scenario, if Derek right. was the killer. Too obvious. I'm glad it got leaked, if that's what they it were going to do. It is too obvious. I'm glad they changed it, but I, I, like I said earlier, I wish it, like, I'm fine that it's Billy Loomis' mom, but I wish they would have just written it, written it a little bit better. A little more breadcrumbs for why she was her mom. Yeah. Yeah. I think I read one script. It wasn't like the main one that got leaked, but there was apparently many dummy ones that he, he wrote, I think, after the first one was leaked. That's my hunch. But he wrote like a couple then after that. But there was that. one script where like like all the characters were kind of like diff- different besides the main ones like Nev Campbell, Gail Weathers, and Dewey. But like Mickey was uh, Sydney's boyfriend and like Derek was the film student. Joel, who I think was the cameraman, was like a med student at the school. And like they changed up like a bunch of the roles as well. Like they weren't the okay. same people anymore either. Just to that one seems like a real dummy one where it's not even close to the original movie anymore. I think one of the dummy scripts, either I'm remembering someone talking about it or reading it, is that it was like a conspiracy. Like it was like almost like all of her friends that like, that she made at the college were all in on it and they were just like doing it to fuck with her because <sighs> they're just like maniacal human beings except for know. obviously uh, what Ricky or I can't even remember his name right now the Randy yeah so like it would have been like Haley Derek yeah. and Mickey kind of all together yeah all together like, ones against yeah like yeah that would have been that would have been interesting that would have been I, I think that is like I, I can't remember where I heard that from. I actually was like, that's actually kind of interesting. If not, we'll write it. Scream two point one, and then we'll release it. We'll get all the we'll get all of them back, and they'll play the, their college selves. Which it's what is that twenty something years? Well, real quick, uh, it twenty was it twenty five years uh, this December for Scream one? Isn't that yeah. right? December ninety six. Yeah. 25 years. 25 years. Next month. 25 years. Well, that can... We'll get us right close to Defender Destroy. We already talked sequels already. There's a lot of them. Look out for it in January 2022. Unless... Was there more trivia, Lindsay? I don't mean to step on... Yeah, yeah. Give us some more trivia. I got some more. uh, Yeah. Yeah. So, a shorter one for you. Um, So, Tobey Maguire was offered the role of Mickey. Can you guys imagine that? I think I would have liked to see that, actually. Yeah. That would have been interesting. Yeah. That would have been... Is this around... This is before Spider-Man, but, like, Cider yeah. House Rules, did that come out at this time? Or what was Pleasant Yeah. Yeah. That was... Was he in Seabiscuit? Yes. Was he in was that? Was that? That was, like, early 2000. Yeah. Oh, oh, it was much later than so, I thought. yeah. He'd already kind of hit his stride by then. But, yeah, he was more, I think, up and coming around this time, so... But yeah, that would have been interesting, I think. Though the guy that does play Mickey does it well as well. Um, 
And then I have a little bit of a bonus um, thing because, you know, Sarah Michelle Gellar, uh, Buffy. So, you know, Buffy was also 1997, like we said. Um, she did do a few of her own stunts on that show, obviously. But um, the director, Wes Craven, told her she was going to be thrown off a three-story balcony. And she was, like, obviously kind of naturally hesitant about that. Um, but she ended up doing it, which is like a total badass move. And, uh, after all, you're Buffy, you got this. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's what I got for trivia. So I'm done now. That's a crazy, that's stuff, crazy I would be, I don't like heights all that much, but like no. three stories mm-hmm. is a lot to go off of. That's yeah. two stories be like, maybe I get that's a fall, but like three stories. That was, she was off like the attic balcony in this movie. Mm-hmm. That's pretty impressive. Well, in terms of box office and budget, do you guys think this one did better than Scream? Just a year prior. I'm thinking it's a smashing success. Um, this is I true. don't know if it was better, though. Being a sequel, I'm not sure about that. It's a tough one because it's been... It was, it was a year, so it's like... It wasn't like three years later. It's like basically less than a year. The next one's coming out. Yeah. So there might be I think it's critically, I think it's critically actually better reviewed. Um, at least if you go on my Rotten Tomatoes, which is obviously like an algorithm where it compiles all the reviews. Um, I'm pretty, obviously it's a box office success because they made a third one, but I can't remember if it's made more than the first one. I know it's probably, I'm assuming it's more expensive. So I'm gonna say, say oh, sorry, I'm gonna say this. Yeah, I think the budget was fifteen million dollars, and I think it made a hundred and twenty. Okay. To your points, you are correct in that I think Scream is just Scream Two is just barely higher on Rotten Tomatoes than Scream One. I think it is whatever algorithm that is. That's correct. It's 81 on Rotten Tomatoes and then Scream is 79. So they're very close. And then in terms of the box office, they made almost identical money. Both were about $173 million. Wow. I think, I mean, rounding up, they both made $173 million. But as you're, you're correct, Pete, Scream 2 had a higher budget. So what Scream 1 is technically more successful because it has uh, the budget for Scream 1 was 15 million and Scream 2 was 24 million. Added an extra 9 million. Yeah. But still huge successes all around. Yeah, I mean that's when now like movies have to make cuz they every big movie it's like now it's either a big box office movie or it's an indie movie. It's like, I feel like there's no like really in between so much anymore. Yeah, that's true. It's like, it's like $200 million. It's like a $200 million Disney movie. Especially if it's going to like the movie theaters, like yeah. you might get somewhere in the middle on like a streaming platform. But like, if you're going to a theater, it's yeah, it's like blockbuster or you have some indie pictures that are somewhere. Or a remake. That either don't do very well because people don't, seek them out or they're a smash success they get nominated for awards yeah yeah that's probably that's probably for the most part what it is Hmm. all right guys well now i think without further ado it's everyone's favorite segment of the it records podcast defend or destroy 
Congratulations on making it all the way. You have one final challenge. The terrible trio will decide whether this movie passes the test. Choose wisely. Defend or destroy. Lindsay, you heard the demon. This is your choice. So will you defend or destroy your first viewing of Scream? Well, um, for me, it's like a very clear defend. Um, I love the characters. I am attached to them at this point, many of them, um, and the actors who play them. I love the satire and the comedy mixed in with the slasher horror um, that it is, but also making fun of. And, uh, you know, it's the whole premise of this uh, franchise. I don't get for watching it. It's well acted. It's well written. You know, however many times it was written, it was well written. Um, so I really enjoyed it. It's a defend. Like, easy. Easy peasy. And before we move on to our next person, I did say I was going to ask you now that we're at Defend and Destroy, and you defended it, and I think you defended, I know you did last summer as well, hmm. which 1997 movie <laughs> did you prefer? That's really tough because, you know, I, uh, I really enjoy them both. And I think it's going to have to be Scream, though, ultimately. Oh. Mm -hmm. All right. Scream. Scream makes it. All right. Interesting. Yeah. I want to get... hear what you guys think, too. Which one? I think I agree with you. I think for me, it's like Scream because it's like more of a better written slasher mm -hmm. whereas i know you did last summer is a very enjoyable movie uh but it's kind of just like you know uh you're more average you could just call it an average slasher because it's like feels like a lot of that era of copycats like urban legend which i also really like is yes. very similar quality i would say and i'm sure there's another one that i can't even think of but those are two main ones that are scream copycats that are very enjoyable but not as well executed mm -hmm. you articulated that very well that's the same like basically that's how i feel but i just couldn't say it matt I, what's your take i'm definitely a scream guy i i love the series i'm way too biased towards this the scream series in general i watch it all like probably every October I'll watch most like the whole series potentially. So definitely scream too, but I do like, I know you did last summer. I think I enjoy it more when I watch it. Cause I just don't watch it as often. <laughs> so it's like, it seems, I pressure. always forget who the killer is. I always like, I'm like, who's the killer again? <laughs> I don't even think I know right now. So I guess that means we got to watch it. I do. I do like the idea of like, you know, slasher movies typically fall around like an anniversary. And this one's like Maureen Prescott's usually her death. Someone usually comes after Sydney or something, but even more so in, uh, I know you did last summer. It's July 4th, which is like not a typical like holiday anniversary for a horror movie, but it is yeah, July like 4th. It is a holiday in that movie technically, which I always kind of yeah, like the parade scene is pretty cool. I, I always like think that. of the parade scene. Yeah. Sarah Michelle it's Geller. A, it's a it's very, it's very entertaining. Yeah, that's when she gets taken out. It's a good one. Well, um, Pete, did you give your? No, I didn't. Oh, yet. Okay, yeah. I yeah, I definitely defend this movie. Um, as Matt is very biased towards the screen franchise, is he probably gave his Defender Destroyer away? Uh, 
Uh, I probably am not as biased as as he is with the scream because I, I I think because I watched him later, they're not as nostalgic for me, but I still very much enjoy them and would say they're relevant and well acted. And then like I always enjoy like meta humor. I've always you know any like movie that's kind of like referential or even like showbiz like uh related i eat that shit up like i don't know there's just anything about the movie making process i'm like all about that shit but is that a defend or yeah did, did i not say that okay i was yeah, maybe you did at the beginning yeah, okay it's absolutely a defend okay good good well so we're two for two i'm just gonna i'm not gonna bury the lead i defend scream 2 definitely i love scream 2 a lot i don't think it's my favorite of the series I think there's some stuff that, you know, um, might not hold up as well with this one. Or like, I see like the, what's it called? The opening scene. I could feel like if you come to this movie for the first time, you could see like that is super hokey and like not believable. Like the whole death scenes, and like the stall that he leaned in or like, you know, she's, they're all like going crazy. Maybe that doesn't stand the test of time. Like people doing that today in a movie theater as much. Um, that's just one instance. But overall, I think it's a good sequel. I think. I think it's well done. I think it leads you. I, I like the cast of characters better as like a whole tr- as a whole ensemble. I think it's really good acting amongst the people. Um, yeah, and I enjoy the suspense, and you know, it's better than Scream Three. That's for sure. <laughs> Not a big fan of Scream Three at all. I actually rewatched Scream Three, and I very much liked it. You did. I don't dislike I do it, like but it. not. It's probably my least favorite of the screams. Yeah, that's true. Of the screens, that's, yeah, it's it's not. Yeah, I mean, it's true. Yeah, you got four to work with, so yeah. Um, I just had to do that with all twelve Friday the Thirteenth. I had to figure out which one, <laughs> which ones are the best. But four, four's good. Four's a good one. Final chapter. You get Crispin Glover, another reference to Michael J. Fox that we referenced earlier. He he honestly probably makes that movie more enjoyable. Six six is good. Jason lives. That's a good one. Yeah, I like seven. Seven's seven's funny to me. That's the like the carry one. You like that one? Yeah, new blood. The, no, that's not new blood. Yeah. That's uh, is it not new blood? New blood's five. Six is Jason lives. Seven is um, a new beginning. No, no, it is new blood. New beginning is five. Yes. Thank you. I hate five. Yeah, that's what. It and is. I hate th- three. Three is so bad. Four's final chapter, five, new beginning. <laughs> One year later. <laughs> yeah, and then I like Jason Takes Manhattan. I know you said you hated that one, right? I, I did not enjoy it. It's, it's enjoyable. It's, it's so enjoyable. It's enjoyable to watch, so that's a good thing going for it. As a Jason movie, it's enjoyable to watch. Just as a whole, though, it's so silly. It's such a silly movie. <laughs> he, take, he, he walks to Manhattan from Camp Crystal Lake. And he, 45 minutes are on a boat. But that's for other Friday the 13th podcast. Um, for now, that'll wrap it up for, for Screen 2, a unanimous defend. So that's that's exciting. We're back. We all enjoyed the movie. <laughs> and we'll be back next time. Until then, we're on Twitter. Guess what? Facebook. We're on there. Website. Got one. Check us out there. And we're and now, we're. I can literally say this, anywhere you probably listen to podcasts, we're there. I know it was like here and there before but we're everywhere listen to us check us out but until next time though i am matt johnson and i will remain in the shadows uh, of the uh 
of the stage at Windsor College. Um, I'm Peter Hansen, and I'm under the wings of Daryl the Demon, that is the voice of that we just heard. Damn, I'm Lizzie Clark, and I, uh, I don't have anything to beat that. <laughs>